Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Up Your Volume, the live morning show podcast where we raise the roof on arts and conscious living. Featuring, as always, my mom, who is Paleo Boss Lady, a.k.a. V, and myself, Nikki Beauvais. And good morning, mom. Yo, yo, yo. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Because we got like like the mafia on today. It's like like three Italian people. Oh, I know. So excited. So we're we're getting hood over here. We're getting a little. I know we're so culturally excitable. We're just like the little Italian girls from Philly that like get so excited when we get to do anything that talks about being Italian, and that's going to well, be a big part of what we're talking about today. And, and to our viewers that don't know how how a podcast works, there's like this little countdown we get, like for a ten second countdown before we go live, and like. I'm such like an excited individual that like when it starts counting down, I like, I like start shaking. I'm like, I get so excited mm-hmm. for us to go live and chat with everybody. And um, so, yeah, we have Tony Farrow on today uh, from change MS and that's, I can't wait for that. That's who we're talking about. Um, yeah. As, as my mom's referring to him as like, you know, brother from another mother. So we're, we're really excited to chat with him later. Um, and I think today's going to be a great, a great show. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. It's the last, um, the last week of the month. So we kind of like to, you know, have sort of a wrap up of all the things that we've been talking about this month. And, you know, it, the, the overall theme of today and pretty much really a lot of this month has been sort of, you know, taking a pause and coming back and, and sort of, um, you know, uh, we were talking about it earlier, Nikki and I, when we were, you know, we always prepare for our podcast. So we don't just come on here and fly by the seat of our pants. We do have an agenda and a plan and we rehearse what we're going to share to make sure that it, that it, it delivers our message. And in, in talking today and not only about the topics Nikki's going to talk about, but myself and our friend, Tony, um, you know, sometimes life just asks you to pause a little bit, you know, and take a step right. back and regroup. And that's sort of going to be the overall theme and really has, we're going to end, the month of July with sometimes it's okay to just like, you know, slow your roll, reposition, see what's in front of you and, you know, step back and then bounce back when, when you're ready and you can bounce back different, the same new and improved, regenerated, however you want. Cause that's the beauty of life. So I'm super excited to talk about all that stuff. Me too. Great way to put it. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to get into, uh, that's like your favorite thing to say, isn't it? Do I say that a lot? Yeah. Without further ado, that's yeah. kind of embarrassing. Can we not? Can we not? <laughs> <laughs> can we not point out that I? I think it's because I've always wanted to do something like this, and like getting the opportunity to. It's like all those like really lame taglines that you never want to say, like always come up. Like I, I'm not even kidding. Ellie and I went to dinner. Um, for his birthday, it's my boyfriend. For all of you that that are regulars on our podcast, know, but um, for some that don't, so Ellie and I go to uh, this restaurant, and me being in the restaurant business for so long, I was talking to people, and I casually said, "They said, oh, are you gonna, are guys, gonna go for another drink or coffee?" And I said, "Nope, I think we're pretty tired. We're gonna hit the hay." Like, <laughs> when? <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, when have I ever said hit the hay? And I thought it was kind of normal. I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. And, and, and the waiter leaves the table. And I'm not kidding. Ellie's just staring at me. Like, like he can't find the words to say anything back to me. Well, especially because you're 28 years old. <laughs> for the past two weeks, he's just been saying every, every night before I go to bed, so you're going to hit the hay? Is that what you're going to do? And it's like, how did that, how did that fly out of my mouth? 
it's like, uh, 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 it's like, cause I'm so cautious about, you know, not letting something slip. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I have I right. made for a name for myself in the little food industry over here. And it's like, I said, hit the hay. Oh my God. So anyway, that's a segue, but, um, yeah, I'll stop with my little, my little kitschy one-liners. Jesus. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> right. let's, um, so yeah, as my mom mentioned, we decided that our podcast t- today was really about comebacks and on all angles. Um, so I want to get into our podcast because I mean our playlist because I am super excited about who we have on it. Um, you know, these are these are some of my favorite groups um, from the early '90s that are kind of making a comeback. So there is um, there is a group called Diggable Planets. They had Blowout Comb in in uh, I want to say 1996. Um, won a Grammy for best rap album. They're kind of like the Fugees in the sense that it's two guy rappers and a girl rapper, a female rapper, just in the making of it is kind of like the Fugees, but what they rap about in their style is just so unlike anything else. Um, and I've had the pleasure of seeing them with Quest Love a few times and they're just phenomenal musicians. So um, in Digable Planets, in the hip hop trio, there is like I said, three rappers that all go by bug names, kind of weird, but um, Butterfly, and then there's Ladybug, and then there's Doodlebug, and uh, those three are on this huge European tour right now, and they're doing a lot of music festivals, uh, Pitchfork Music Festival that I've always wanted to go to, um, Sasquatch Music Festival, Essence, and a ton more. Um, They're going to be with Camp Low, who's also amazing so i was really excited to see that they've extended their tour and um that they're doing all these they're getting back into the festival scene um so i put three of their three of their songs that are my three favorite songs of theirs on my podcast so it's good to be here it's good to be here is like the ultimate like i mean we're from the east coast so if you um, I was going to say driving to the beach here. My, my drive to the beach takes one minute. So I am blessed for that. <laughs> but, but if you, if you're, um, if you're on and the you drive coast, to the shore on the East coast, you don't to go to the shore, beach. Or, or, no, I was even thinking of, of Dewey beach. You know what I mean? Going. Oh uh, yeah. Trump, yeah. True. You know, true. There, there's, true there's a bunch of beaches that, that were close by. And if you have, you know, one hour to two hour drive, definitely. Um, it's good to be here as like a reassurance, like a, I always drove down to Dewey Beach um, later in high school listening to this song because it was like, it's, it's good. To, it was it was something that made me feel good. It's good to be here in, in the group of friends I have in the in what I'm about to do. It's good to be going to the beach. It's it's the, the lyrics that thing about um, Diggable Planets rapping style is always, you know, that conscious uplifting rap style. So that mm-hmm. and a, another song called um, "Where I'm From," which is like, you know, I used to that used to be like my anthem because we rep where we're from, and that's a it's a pride thing. Just like we're talking about, you know, the Italian culture, we always talk about where we're from. We never forget where we came from. So "Where I'm From" is coming in at number two. Number three is going to be a song called "Nickelbag," super chill song, another good vibey song. Um, and I just love the way uh, this female rapper raps. It's like a, she's got a really cool flow and really distinct voice. Great singer as well. Um, just like that kind of Lauren Hill style where she's singing and rapping. I, I love that. Um, so definitely check out those songs. And getting into number two, one of our biggest, one of the biggest groups to come out of Philly um, is definitely Boys to Men. Yep. And um, at the Democratic National Convention, Boys to Men performed for the first time in a while. And I saw that as like our boys coming back. Um, and of course, they performed their hit Motown Philly. So that's coming in at number four, Motown Philly. Um, one of my favorite songs of all time. One of the best singers of all time. I mean, those, those guys are the original boy band, in my opinion. They were my first 
boy band that uh, I was obsessed with. So um, we're going to have them in at number four with Motown Philly. And then in number five, I actually sung this at my eighth grade graduation. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. So that song I always used to call Tomorrow, but it's actually called It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. (laughs) Well, I don't know why. I'm like typing it in, like looking on Google, and I always thought that song, you know you know me, I used to make up words and and names of songs. We both do. We we somehow, you know, do our own thing all the time. So it's actually called something I had no idea all this time. So that is my playlist. And we're going to get right into what I wanted to talk about today, um, because I, you know, dabbled in making the playlist all about her, but I'm glad I went this, this route. Um, but today marks the fifth anniversary of Amy Winehouse's death, um, and she's still, you know, played all the time on the radio at every gig where, you know, I'm singing her songs. I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of other cover singers and, and um you know, original songwriters are covering her tunes a lot still. I mean, she's still a very big public icon in the music world. And, um, you know, I think what my mom and I were discussing before we got on this morning was that, um, you know, we've lost a lot of iconic people to drugs in the music industry. And it's been um, something that has has really been... Uh, more relevant now than I think in the past, like in the sixties and seventies when that thing was more uh, relevant, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of drugs, drugs were more on the surface, but it's like, now we have, you know, Prince, Michael Jackson, uh, Amy, just to, just to name it. Exactly. And it's almost like you hear about it and it's all you hear about for the first like three months of it. And then people don't talk about it again. And we we just kind of sit here and almost, uh, this is going to sound terrible, but almost like we're waiting to hear who the next one's going to be. And we always have some type of idea because the media likes to make it very public who, you know, I, I mean, Amy Winehouse's entire addiction was very public. I mean, oh, from- we were just waiting for the word. We all knew that it was just a matter of time with Amy specifically. Exactly. Exactly. And, and Ma, did you see the, the documentary that came out about her? No. It's phenomenal. And I think that everybody um, out there should, you know, whether they, they, they love or hate Amy Winehouse, I think it's very inspirational and um, it's just a great, it, it sends a great message and it's a great documentary. So, and it's really, really, really well made. So check that out. But I think it's really you know, I've been, you know, practicing and studying music, you know, you know, taking lessons starting at nine, but it's, it was definitely my passion at a very young age, um, starting around, like, I want to say two or three with my singing Mm -hmm. and, you know, really, you know, diving deep into it at around eight, eight years old. And I think growing up with something that's, you know, music is so personal and not to say that other people's, um, lifestyles, don't don't get personal but I think you're really dealing with a a heavy load of emotions and how how to express yourself with these feelings and um things you're hearing and and just you're in your own head a lot and I'm one of those people that um as as outgoing as I am I'm constantly in my own head and in my own way if that makes any sense and I think um a lot of these people struggle to use their outlet as um, in the proper way. I think a lot of them, mm-hmm. um, like you, like we were talking about, their brain's on so much and chatter's going constantly in between um, those two temples that um, you need a way to kind of quiet it sometimes and be able to feel quote unquote normal. And, um, you know, you I mean, I kind think- of you know, go for it. No, I was going to say, I think the artist curse as someone who isn't an artist and has lived, obviously, as your mother and, um, you know, been a fan of, I have as many art credits as I do psychology credits. Um, it's the artist curse is the dormant mind frustrates them and the talking mind, they can't shut off. And mm-hmm. I think that those oxymorons, there's, there's not, 
maybe there needs to be some awareness around self-help tools for an artist bag of tricks to be able to balance those types of emotions, the creative juices that flow that you can't turn off that just happen. When do they happen? Like, you don't, you know, it could be in the middle of a dinner party. It could be while you're sleeping. It could be while you're walking down the street for you as a mom. I always saw it like your creative expression always happened at times when it just seemed like, really, you're going to write a poem now. You have to write a song today. Like why today? We have 50 million things to do, you know? So there was always that battle. And then there was the battle when a show was coming up that you needed to do a performance and you'd feel almost dormant. Like I can't get my creative juices flowing. So I felt like there's always a battle and I, you know, it would be great if there was some sort of self-help tools that, you know, the artistic world can sort of maybe cultivate because I don't hear many people, you know, many artists, you know, taking a proactive stance to support this epidemic, it is an epidemic that, you know, that we're losing Absolutely. great minds. And, well, and I, I think, think it's, it's, it's an epidemic. It's also a stereotype that is held true, you know, sex, mm-hmm. drugs, rock and roll. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's been kind of the motto um, coming into it. And I think um, no matter what type of artist you are, you, you may have not struggled with addiction, but you've definitely dabbled in experimentation harder than I think, most have. And I think it's just because, um, you know, you're also trying to tap into a more, um, uh, tap into a different part of yourself that's able to express. And, and I think that is hard to do for some people and it comes naturally for other people. Um, and and, you know, that was at a young age, um, you know, I felt the need to, to go to therapy. And I think a lot of people, you know, don't really seek kind of the help they need in an early age. So they struggle with, with these um, really heavy emotions. Um, still to this day, I have to, you know, luckily I have a mom like you who constantly tells me to breathe and slow down and not just, you know, but if I didn't grow up with those kind of reminders always in the back of my head, um, I think a lot of people can get ahead of themselves and can get really deep into uh, a, a psychological downward spiral just because it's really hard to, you know, just like you have to work on yourself every day mm-hmm. um, and your day is built around your agenda of staying healthy. And, um, you know, every single thing you do is working towards a healthier you. I think musicians forget that they're, they're their bodies their instrument and um, to take care of themselves in the proper way. And like I said, I'm very fortunate because I have you, but think about the people that have the the moms like Lindsay Lohan's mom, that's constantly pushing, pushing, do more, do more, do this. And then you end up reaching that, that breaking point. And, um, you know, I think it's really important and crucial that there is a lot of, um, self-awareness and and self-help when it comes to being an artist because like I said you're you're always focused on what is what is other what are other people's view of me that you're so you're so caught up in I want people to like this song or I learned this new thing on guitar are they going to like the way I play it live and am I going to mess up and you know it's always um you're worried about the public eye so much that I think you get a little uh, distracted by that instead of just being true to yourself and making sure that you're healthy and you're giving your best foot, putting your best foot forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I really hope that, you know, something triggers the um, artist community to start getting public about maybe sharing some of the things that they do, you know, like, wouldn't you love to know, know, you know, how some of these artists. Okay. I know Macklemore has been very public about, you That's know, he's, yeah, he's been very public about the fact that, you know, he struggled with addiction. He's gone to rehab and he's been sober. At, I want to say almost 10 years. So no, there I mean, are, like what tools I, I would like to know what tools do they have? You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, if, if you know, I, I appreciate people saying, you know, yes, I struggled with addiction and yes, I've overcome, but how did you do that? What are your empowering tools that allow you to balance? You know, I, I, I feel like, you know, just watching these people struggle, these 
so talented uh, people struggle publicly and then we lose them. We're like, oh, well, it was a matter of time. I kind of feel like, you know, where's the community gathering around the artist world to help empower them, offer them tools of empowerment. You can't empower people, but you can offer tools of empowerment. Right. So, um, you know, that's sort of what we were talking about, you know, and I have a hard time listening to Amy Winehouse's songs only because my heart breaks because I feel guilty as a person knowing that I knew this person had a very big chance of dying. And how was I not able, I mean, who am I? No one, but I sort of almost felt a little responsible. Right. Yeah, Same thing I, I with Whitney you. Houston. Well, I remember you saying you went to see Whitney in like the early nineties and, and it wasn't even the Whitney you thought you were really going to see. It was like the worst, the worst concert, concert. Of, of my entire yeah. life. Yep. It absolutely was. I was totally heartbroken because it was very clear that this person was struggling and that was a long, long, long time ago. So, um, yeah, well, you know, God bless um, Amy Winehouse. And I thank her for the song Valerie. It's probably in my top five favorite songs of all time. Absolutely. Me too. I do it at every show. I do. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that um, there are more outlets for musicians and I hope that there are more people uh, taking a stand for it, you know, and, and giving us some feedback on how, how to approach it in a way that's healthy and, and, um, kind of gets you past these struggling points in your life. So yeah. uh, more, more on that. I'll touch on it next week and see if I can investigate, um, you know, people that are creating awareness in the art world for, you know, struggling, addicts, struggling addicts in this, in this specific. Yeah, field. that would be great. And if, you know, if there's, you know, what, what sort of tools and, and stuff that they have. Cause I think, you know, especially after last week, a lot of people tuned in to hear about the revolution that Katie Jones is doing. And I think that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of artists that, that are really looking to your voice, our voice, to be able to help them to, A, have full-time careers as artists, make transitions, and also, you know, if we can offer some sort of, you know, like you said, if we can find artists that are doing stuff, that would be great in what they're sharing. Like, I know that, like, Sting talked about meditation back in the day and tantric right. studies and, you know, sort of mind control sort of tantric things. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure that there probably are over time. I just... It's just not loud enough. Like, where's the volume? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just don't feel like the volume in such a public community is not sharing. I bet you Steven Tyler probably has some stuff, wouldn't you think? Because he's been public about his addiction, uh, overcoming yeah. addiction. Yeah, you know, and he's a yeah, fellow sure. alum. Yeah, so. I'm sure. Even, even maybe even like Mick Jagger or somebody, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like, I feel like, I feel like there's Papa some Jagger. Yeah. Hey. Seven, feel like yeah, it. God bless. <laughs> He had a birthday, or what, what was what was he in the news well, he's, about? Well, he's—I think he's seventy-two, and he's going to have his eighth child. Are you kidding me? No, that's what I'm saying. God bless. Oh my God, yes, God bless. Jeez, <laughs> Louise, wouldn't expect anything less from him. Yeah, um, oh, that's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, isn't that what we're talking right? about? Right, right, uh -huh. exactly. So, um, okay, well, I want to hear what you got on the agenda. Well, do you want to take a quick break, or do you want to go straight into it? Um, I think we can. What do you think? You, are you okay to go straight into it? Because I don't think it's going to be I'm really. Rolling. Okay. I'm rolling. I, I think we're going to go straight into it. Um, you know, right now in America, not that everyone who listens to us is from America. Um, they, we just, you know, we've had the, the two uh, national conventions and um, it's probably in my lifetime, one of the, the most heated uh, presidential elections ever. Uh, and there's, uh, we're a divide, we're, we're, we're triple where we, we have, you would think there are three candidates running um, the, the way it's working, but um, I don't really want to voice an opinion about politics, but I do want to share something that I think is very important for all of our voters and even the people outside of America to know. Um, in the United States, there is something called social security disability. And that is money that if you are unable to maintain gainful employment to become self-sustaining and you have worked a certain period of time where you've paid in benefits, um, you are entitled potentially to get money every month to live to help you until your situation changes uh, right. or until you die, basically. So um, I received Social Security disability and I have since 2001 when I was 
became legally disabled due to the effects of multiple sclerosis on my body. And for the first couple of years, I was unable to do anything. So that money was a lifeline for me to be able just to survive. Um, and then um, as I started, you know, trying to get better, um, I went to the government, uh, the Department of Disability, and asked for help. And they have this program uh, with the Department of Rehab where they basically um, bought me a computer, um, a, a desk, a hydraulic desk, paid for a bus pass, my backpack, trained me on voice activation technology because I had no use of my hands, um, equipped me with all of that, also helped for me, provided me a bachelor's and a master's degree in community psychology with support along the way, bus fare every month and every month after to be able to go on job interviews to try and get a job, job training, all kinds of help. And then when, it, when we realized that even though I've been able to heal my symptoms from MS, I still have MS, that the management of MS for me is a full-time job. So right. although I can manage my symptoms, being able to manage them is my job. We, can't, we have been unable to figure out how I can actually work um, and manage my MS symptoms. So, you know, I got to a certain point with the Department of Rehab where I had maxed out their capabilities to help me. The government didn't stop there. They provided me with a list of about 150 uh, providers all over the United States. They did say to me, you got to call 150 because we're not used to having someone on Social Security disability who's probably qualified to be an entrepreneur and be self-employed because I've been able to build a brand and I have years of history building companies and blah, 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 blah. So to make a long story short, now the government, I'm working with uh, someone who – with the federal government who has assigned to me that for the next three to five years is going to help me to be able to secure speaking engagement, sharing about my lifestyle changes and believes that, that with them working with me over the next three to five years, that they will be able to help me to provide a path of sustainable, of a sustainable lifeline where I could be potentially one of the first Americans to ever go off of social security disability. The reason why I'm sharing this, is because in the 28 plus years that I've had MS, I've never, the first ounce of hope I ever had came from the United States federal government. And as someone who's completely broke, who lives at poverty and only has the money from the United States government to live on and lives homeless, I don't have a home, I'm living with the help of other people. Please consider this when you're deciding candidates and when you're deciding choices because one in five in America are disabled and the story isn't that once you are on social security disability that it's the government giving you a handout so that you can it has nothing to do with that social security disability in its purest form is to help our brothers and sisters in their time of need and be able to offer them skills that they need that may be new because they are dealing with a loss. They are dealing with an inability to function in the text of normal, in the context of normal. And the system helps you. Now, is everyone the same success story as me? No. Did it involve me being very proactive and staying on the ball and working hard to help the system to provide me with the best opportunity? Yes. But you know what? That is the resp- my responsibility. If I'm going to go to the country and say I need some help right now, it's my responsibility to make sure I understand all the help that is available to me. So it is a two-way street. But I just really wanted to just plant the seed because I think that people, especially people that watch me publicly, you know, there's a million people a week that pay attention to what I do, and the people in my family, because my disease has been invisible, have no idea how much in harmony every day I work with the federal government and have for eight years. Eight is the key number that I want everyone to hear. Eight years, because we're coming to the end of an eight-year term. So that's all I have. Wow. It's mind-blowing. Thank you, Mom. So I think, yeah, I think we can just go to a you know, what I'd like to do is just end on that and just preface it that we're going to come back with after this little break with Tony Farrow, who I have to tell you, I met a year ago and I feel like I've known this man my whole life. Um, and again, a lot of it probably, you know, I'm not going to lie. We, we are Italian and Tony, I met Tony with his mom. I mean, when you're Italian, I mean, meeting someone with their mom is like, I mean, just the greatest thing ever. And well, half, half the world, I feel like meets me with my mom. So I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Tony's from Western New York, Buffalo area, which has actually one of the highest rates of MS. Um, he's diagnosed with MS himself. And uh, Tony, being the, the mover and shaker that he is, he was like, all right, I have MS. He went and looked for resources, couldn't find them, so he decided to be the resource. He founded a 501C called Change MS, which allocates resources, it advocates, educates, and raises funds to support people that struggle with MS. And they're coming up just on their two-year birthday. And what he has done in two years is mind-boggling. He's actually going to receive an award on behalf of the MS Society in New York for being an inspirational person on the move. And I can't wait because he also is a full-blooded Italian who is totally we get each other. I love his mom. I already love his dad and his brother, even though I don't even know them, and his whole community in Buffalo. And when we come back, uh, we're coming back with my brother from another mother who's Italian. How about that? Can't wait. All right, stay tuned. Good morning. Hello. I hear him in the background. What's up, ladies? How are you? Are we live? We are live. We're live. We're live. I was hoping you guys were going to play some of those old tricks. Yeah, right. Um, That was a good playlist. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was excited when I heard that playlist because I had just heard that Diggable Plants was getting ready to come back too. And I was like, oh, I have to tell Nikki. But of course, I mean, I knew she already probably knew and I didn't remember um, to tell her. So that's super awesome. But what's even the most super awesome is to have my brother from another mother here. Um, And I guess I want. From another mistress. Right? And, um, well, I got to tell you, you know, Tony's got a lot of women in his life. If, if you have the Uh-oh. privilege of ever following him on Instagram <laughs> it is, or, or Facebook, it's unbelievable. This man, Here we he's go. the Italian stallion, and he's got it down. I got to tell you, it's those eyes, I think. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's pretty amazing. But we met last year at probably, for me, you know, for two years, it's been a life-changing experience for me at Terry Walls, Dr. Terry Walls the walls in-person seminar is where, you know, which was, um, you know, we met there and the most amazing thing that happens to us walls warriors is uh, we go to that seminar and then that's it. Like we're together for the rest of our lives. And we know that the moment that we meet each other. Um, So there's like a core group of us that literally, I think I talk to one of you every day um, and have been super, huge in my support system and as luck would have it I met Tony and I didn't realize that when you meet Tony you meet all of Buffalo because (laughs) now and literally I have so many friends of Tony's that like I talk to every day on social media and I don't even know these people but I feel like I know them like (laughs) I know them on LinkedIn on whatever and it's all because they're supporters and fans of Tony so you know, which is amazing because you, I think you mentioned uh, Change MS is two years young. And I would really like for you to share a little bit about how you went from being diagnosed, having, you know, not having information at your hands, deciding to start Change MS, and two years later having such an impact that, I mean, you're reaching globally. You're way out. You're way beyond Buffalo. Um, well, we are getting there slowly but surely, but. Like you said earlier about trying to pace yourself, I don't know how to do that. So I'm definitely trying to learn learn to prioritize. And Dr. Walls actually said it best when she said, you know, you, the more you take care of yourself, the more you can help others. So, so in my mind, I don't know how to I don't know how to do that. So I know I either go 100 miles an hour or or nothing. But I'm learning thanks to you and her and everybody else. Well, I always say that, um, and I just actually met two women this week on Monday. They invited me for coffee who I had never met before, and they both have MS as well. And, um, you know, like I always say to people, um, 
are you a type A personality, uh, someone who doesn't know how to relax? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, we all are. Everyone with MS, I think, we struggle with, um, you know, with how to not be 100%. But you have really, you're coming up on a milestone that is big. Can I share uh, what you just shared on Facebook, that you're coming up on a huge weight loss plateau, which, you know, you want to talk about going 100%. Right, I mean, Trying, yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah, I feel I feel good. I'm almost down to my first hundred pound loss. Unbelievable. And I want to do I want to do another hundred. So, you know, if you ever read my bio, I said, you know, being a fat Italian kid your whole life, it's kind of it's hard to make those those changes. Oh yeah, but yeah, N- Nikki read that. When you start feeling good, <laughs> when you start feeling good, that's kind of your motivation to to do better because I. You've been to the other side. You know what oh, yeah. it's like to lose lose the simplest simplest of things. So when you lose things and then you gain them back, you have a different, way different perspective and outlook on on it. Yeah, like I always tell people, you know, just because I got it back doesn't mean if I lose it again, I'm going to get it back. That's why I don't ever want to risk losing Correct. again. You know, so I'm so you know and. uh you know, in, in talking to the community, which I'm blessed to, to be able to talk to our community almost every day, um, that's one of the things that people ask me all the time. Don't you feel cheated because you can't eat this, you can't do that, you can't, you know, be out in the sun? And, and I just said, no, actually, I felt more cheated when I couldn't use my body. You know what I'm saying? Right. I felt more cheated when I lived in pain. I don't feel cheated over not having a piece of cake. Are you kidding me? Or not right. being able to lay you're out. Enjoying- and, you're enjoying life differently, right? But you're still able to enjoy right. life. That's what you don't get. Now, right. in starting in starting Change MS, Tony, did it help to provide you? Like I know you said you didn't have information, and you wanted to be the catalyst for information for the community, which you now identify with, which is you know, you know autoimmune MS, whatever it is, um, disease, illness, you know, non wellness, uh, you know, change in status quo, whatever you want to call it. But did you find that by doing this, it it brought sort of like, did you expect it to bring a support system for you as well? Or is that because it, 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 clearly you have built a huge community that supports each other, each other. Or did that just sort of happen organically? And you're like, wow, this is not only information, but this is like a family. Uh, that's, that's That kind of was one of the intentions that we wanted to do because everybody I've talked, I didn't know, I only knew one person that had a mess when I was diagnosed. I was officially diagnosed in 2012. Chain MS didn't form until 2014. And I actually waited a year before I told anybody because I ended up seeing a homeopath that told me to change my diet. And I wanted to see what I was doing was working. So I didn't want, you know, I didn't want the sadness or the sympathy or people to look at me differently. So I wanted to prove I wanted, okay. you know, I was feeling good and my MRIs were showing good results. And so after a year, I came out. And I told everybody that, you know, this is the deal, but this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm feeling. So everybody, after that, it was like a floodgate. It's like, well, I know this person, I know this person, they're not feeling like this. Maybe you should talk to them. Maybe you should talk to them. So I shared what I was going through and what I was doing, and people started making small changes and feeling better. So that just kind of spiraled from that. And then the the idea of, of forming a group changed because mostly because of the support thing, because everybody that's diagnosed doesn't have a support system or sense of community, like you said, and everybody feels dismissed and just shoot out the door with, with, with nowhere to turn to. Mm-hmm. So that in wow. itself has uh, been kind of a blessing. You know, we all have each other now, and no matter what they're going through or what anybody's going through or if anybody needs help or anybody wants to talk, we're, we're around. We're here. And you know me, I don't mind making noise. No. Well, and also in addition to that support system that you offer uh, to the community, you know, I also know that you help to fund um, you know, studies and research and on behalf of someone whose life has changed uh, based on the work of Dr. Terry Walls. You know, I think, you know, that's another message I would like for our listeners to know that Change MS raises money that you in turn donate to causes that you believe in for research and actually to and uh, better the lives of those with MS beyond programs. So that's a whole other thing that you do, which I think is really unbelievable. 
Correct. Uh, we've chosen five different points of interest to kind of, you know, keep it simplified. Terry Walls is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Milan Repair Project at UB. Mm-hmm. Most of our money stays local. The only thing that's not local is uh, Dr. Walls' research. But it's, I think that's some of the most important stuff going on. And I know you support the Buffalo Wellness Center, which I have to give a shout out to because, again, I feel like I know that whole community because the stuff they do is amazing in supporting all kinds of wellness across all spectrums. Um, Correct. Yep. They they believe in uh, holistic healing as well. Yep. Yep. So they so, helped us uh, come up with our courses that we provide for free for anybody with MS. So we do uh, book giveaways. We've given away the protocol, given away blenders. And uh, even though that program alone had brought outsiders in, just people with MS coming together, like I said, it was just, that in itself was humbling to to see people Mm -hmm. relate to each other. Yep. That's, that is to me, has been my lifesaver in meeting you and, you know, our whole community that in Dr. Wall's seminar provided you know, that for me for the first time to be in community. So I can't wait to come to Buffalo and be with your change MS community, because I'm sure it's going to offer me the same feeling, you know, that, that you oh. get when you go to the wall seminar, you know what I mean? Like just that we're family, even though, because we all understand the lens and exactly. Um, well, I know my daughter, well, right I, I think, I think that's been like the questions. Yeah, um, I I was telling my mom earlier this morning that, um, you know, I think you're the first person I've gotten to talk to that um, grew up Italian, was also diagnosed with MS and also leading a community. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm very close to 30. So in three decades, I haven't really met anybody um, that kind of shared so many similar things with my own mom. And, um, you know, I just wanted to know, you know, I know we briefly touched on, you know, being an Italian kid, uh, but what has it been like to completely transition to being a Walls Warrior? Because I know, you know, my mom basically did like a uh, an ebook, uh, you know, of some <sighs> awesome re- recipes on how to eat Italian yeah. and stuff like that. But how, how did you, I mean, your family's in the food industry. I know we grew up, um, you know, with a lot of friends and family in the food industry as well. And how, how easy or hard was it for you to make those decisions um, into, into just being healthy and getting yourself, you know, away from kind of toxic foods for your body? It was, it was definitely a challenge, but at the same time, I, I mean, I grew up in the pizza business, but and we make some of the best food on the planet. Right. But the more <laughs> I learned, I actually contacted manufacturers, changed a lot of our products too, to make sure they were cleaner products. The more I mm. learned about food, you know, I still, and then even in preventative, I mean, anything in moderation is good, depending on what your ailments are. So, you know, I wanted to make sure our product was better than than it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Some of those That's questions right. were not technically supposed to be answered. You know, asking about GMOs or trying to find out, you know, what's in the stuff that you want to serve to your customers. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot, switched a lot of things over. As for myself, though, I, I was kind of a slow transitioner because it was just hard for me to give it up cold turkey. So I'm still a work in progress, but I'm I'm pretty much pretty much good. I've been very good. Uh, giving up like the social life was kind of a challenge too because mm-hmm. I was, you know, a big boozer on the weekends, but. I still go out. I still have fun. That's just my personality. But and so I, I've, I've changed food. I've changed lifestyle. I've changed changed a lot. But like I said, the easier, the more, the better I felt, and the less flare ups I would have. I'm I'm like almost two years past my last flare, so I can't. That's I so can't great. Complain. I know. I'm the longest I've ever been. Ever. I've never gone well, this long think, without a flare. I think the last little bit of last little piece to your health, mom was giving up alcohol this year. Yep. Yep. And I think, yeah, this year, like for real, like I'm done. Yeah. Um, Good. you know, and I, it's been a slow, like you were talking about, you know, slow progression. My progression was slow. I only did gluten for one year and then right, like, I right. did slow and say, I didn't go from one extreme to the other because I don't like right. to set myself up for failure. And I just gave up alcohol this year. 
like every year there's always, like, and, and this year now I'm, I'm getting into fasting. So I've actually transitioned to not eating seven days a week. Um, so well, I, mean, I think two years ago, it w- well, I remember we, you did the gluten and then it was, um, no sugar, but we were still like, we're going through like how many jars of honey, you know what I mean? We had no refined sugar, but I was eating pounds of honey a week. Like, you know, and I didn't, you know, and I didn't, and tons of apples and fruit, but I didn't, it was like, I I wasn't mad at myself about it. It was like, I'm not eating refined sugar. And then the next year I gave up honey. So it literally has been, you know, and even now I still have a sugar addiction, so honey addiction. So mm-hmm. I do, I'm always doing these challenges. So I'll do, by the end of this year, I will have done four whole life challenges or three whole life challenges, which basically means that I restricted myself uh, eight weeks, three times of no honey, no date, but, you know, no nothing because I, and I okay. have to do it as a group. Yeah. Because right. otherwise I'll put honey on everything, everything. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I want to look up for them too and get more people to do challenges like that. So they, they yeah. Can, it's funny you say that you never met an Italian with a mess. We're mostly Italians. It's funny how we all found ourselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we're all says, loud and obnoxious and your typical stereotypical. And we like to eat. We like to drink. But even they, you know, they've they've made little changes and felt big differences. So I can't expect everybody to do what I do, and I don't promote that. I'm not anti-med. I'm not anti-doc. I'm just there's so much more information out there that needs to be out there right? about lifestyle, about diet, about taking better care of yourself, controlling inflammation, you know, more getting to the root of the problem rather than just covering it up and hoping it goes away because it's not going to go away. It's up to you to make any kind of change of how you feel or what you want to do with yourself. Well, and I have to say, one of the things that I love about, and, and, you know, I know you have to make the changes and stuff, and, and Dr. Walls says, you know, it's really important for the family to buy into this, and do you not have the greatest mother in the entire world? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you really she's do. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Oh, is she? Hello. Um, and she literally, Hi, like, she posts, oh, Good. she's so awesome. She posts all the meals that she, you know, the food and this, and she buys the yeah. products, and I mean, and she tries everything. Like, that's another thing. I think a lot of everything. people sometimes... Yeah, like a lot of people like, I'm not doing bulletproof coffee. I'm not doing that. She's right in there. She's like, all right, what do I got to get? What do I have to do? So she I was think not a that. believer in the beginning, though. So her, her, seeing her devastated is what also made me want to do better. So she only knew what MS was from, you know, from her mom, my grandma's friends. A few of them did pass away of complications. So she thought it was, you know, a death uh. sentence. Right. In the beginning, so, her, you know, her being devastated, my family being all messed up, thinking the worst, not knowing. Right. I myself didn't know much either. So I just wanted to know more because that, mm-hmm. you're left, when you leave that appointment, when you hear the news, it's just like, you know, time really does stop. Yep. And you can either listen to them or want to know more. I think it's very important okay. to be your own advocate find out all you can about everything you can and then make your decisions on what you want to do. I mean, your doctor ultimately works for you. So come prepared, ask questions. Don't be afraid to get yelled at, you know, it's, uh, it's a constant battle. I still get, uh, every time I go on my checkup, you know, you're doing good. You, you want to go on anything? I'm like, no, I'm okay. And I will never mm-hmm. even tell anybody that they would never need their meds or, you know, no. just try this diet, try elimination, try this, get rid of that, get her to do this. You know? So it's, but my mom now is like, holy oh, shit, she's. Oh yeah, she's she's in, she's in, she's in, like she's yeah, all in. no, she's way in. Yep, absolutely, and that's really important, you know. Like my family, like it was my birthday, and I was mm-hmm. staying with Nikki and her boyfriend, and they wanted to take me out to a really nice steak dinner, top restaurant, had a great reservation, and I, I appreciated that. But I just said to her, you know what? I'm preparing for my tour and I'm really trying to be super on point with my body and I'm not eating out really. So I said to her, if you don't mind, I would rather we just cook and eat in. And she's like, but it's your birthday. And I'm like, I understand that. But I also know that I have to have my body be like so on point to be able to do this tour. And now I think you're kind of used to it, but it still does make you step back. Like, come on, mom, we want to do something nice. And it's not like I don't appreciate it, but you need your family to be like, okay, I needed my daughter to sign off and say, okay, mom, I get it. And not argue well, with me and not, you know. Right. Exactly. It's about educating yourself. 
and, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I see the changes that you've made and, you know, it's also about being Italian. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm going to cook, you know what I mean? I'll let me cook. Let me do it. Let me make, you know what yeah. I mean? But, but, um, I'm coming, I'm coming over there. Yeah. We went to Philly too. It was awesome. Thanks for the recommendation. Philly was great. Yeah, they went on their first vacation to Philly. I was so jealous. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh they went to the Knicks. They went to the Knicks and they were taking oh pictures in the Reading Terminal yeah. in line. We I'm did so it. jealous. We did the whole the whole Guido tour. It was cool. Yeah, they went oh, to the Rocky, all of that. Well, and I have to tell you, I'm giving a talk at Worlds, the Worlds Conference next week, which is a huge event. And oh, cool. I always end all my things with a song and, um, and music. And I already decided that the, the music from all of my talks from now on, it's the eye of the tiger. It has to be. Oh, that's my theme. Yeah, that is my I theme song. Story. Yeah, that's my Round theme of song. for you. For all of us. Thank for you. all of us. We're yeah. in this together. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we really are. And, th- and I think that is, for me, um, the biggest message that I get from Change MS, Tony, and it definitely comes from you because everything stems from the top. And again, I'm in California and I can name probably 10 people in Buffalo that I'm friends with that I don't even know, but they're just because they're your community. And that yeah, just good. says a heck of a lot, you know? It's a good, it's a good town. Like I said, mm-hmm. we started a little bit. We had an idea, had a couple kick-ass parties, and then even outside organizations come to our events and like look at me and like how do you do this and I really couldn't do it without you know Buffalo even my hometown Auburn New York uh people come two hours away just to to support to to support us to support me so I I like to lead by example as well and not just you know like you you gotta you gotta talk the talk not just walk the walk you know not just talk the talk walk the walk well, I'm yeah. going to drive my car all the way to Buffalo so that I can hang out with all you guys very soon. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Can't That's wait. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So we, well, this has so been we awesome. Can find, we can find ChangeMS at ChangeMS.org, correct? ChangeMS.org, yes. We are actually in the process of redoing the site. It's kind of basic right now. but uh, And we usually have a summertime party to where, you know, we celebrate our anniversary, but this year we're actually focusing on internal growth and building board structure and committees and uh, pro, we're working with the YMCA on uh, a program proposal that'll be covered under insurance, you know, and that'll cover <laughs> diet, exercise, sleep, and stress. So That's so great. So the YMCA... Working. Is that's how I rehabilitated? They had an MS swim class that I went to for two years until I could get myself well enough to go on the okay. yoga mat, and that when I became disabled because I couldn't do anything. And uh, so that's a huge lifeline. So bravo on that. Yeah, I think uh, we got a good shot of them taking it on. And after they accept the proposal, then we'll get into like content and class development and break down like. Each one of those categories will have like some, you know, different umbrellas. So it'll be really cool. Awesome. But the That's more awesome. people that, that know about it, the more people that could, you know, find out. Doctors are actually starting to refer people to me now, and I, I don't feel like, you know, I still want to my credentials. So I, you know, Dr. Walls actually referred me to a program that, that I think I'm going to take. I'm trying to get her certification too under my belt. So I want to work more more one on one one day and. And not well, and really you, have an office. I want to go to people's houses and rip their pantry apart uh, and explain to them. We're going to be on the road together. I can see it. Yeah. I just want to explain to them, <laughs> you know, I think be more personable one-on-one rather than address a group. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So that's, that's, the, that's the plan. Well, keep going. The world needs you. And congratulations on your award. I know you're going to be accepting that soon. I and um, Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. So how are we doing there, daughter? I think we're good. I mean, I'm just, I'm writing all this stuff down that I need to take a look at. And I'm just so excited to talk to another person that is, you know, creating such great awareness and, and really making um, a name for himself in this community. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm very proud of both of you. I feel like it's family. So I got to say I'm proud. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Of course, and I hope I hope our paths cross in the future. Oh, for sure. 
And thanks 100%. so much for being on, Tony. And I think we'll what? We'll head to a little quick commercial and then do our take it or leave it, Nikki. Is that where we are? Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, changems.org, everyone. Check it out. And there's a great video that features Dr. Walls, Tony, Tony's community, and me. So please go to his website and check that out. Check it out. Thank, thank you. you so much, Tony. Thank you, ladies. Ciao, ciao. All right. We'll talk soon. Ciao, ciao. God bless. <laughs> God bless. Me right. too. Bye. Oh, no, I can't wait till you guys meet. It's just ridiculous. I mean, literally, you don't have any idea. It's ridiculous. I mean, you guys are are really two peas in a pod. I mean, it's it's almost shocking how how similar you guys guys are. It's awesome. No, it's, I mean, it's insane. And it's funny because he talks about raising money. You know my favorite parties that I always had when you were growing up were costume parties. You had to get dressed mm-hmm. up. He does masquerade yeah. balls. He does a big masquerade oh, ball. So awesome. Yeah, I'm like, so oh my awesome. god, that's like so right up my alley. Like everything is just, yeah, it's too much. And like I told you, I met him <laughs> and his mom <laughs> at like the same time. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Um, but talking about uh, take it or leave it, this is the end of the month, and it's our take it or leave it um, sort of. Uh, you know, monthly feature that we do at the end of the month. And again, we're, we're not really going to get into, you know, politics other than to say for the first time in the history of the United States of America, a female was nominated to be a presidential candidate for the United States of America in the next election. And that alone is huge. And I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, conservative, independent, I don't care what you are. This is a moment Women and men and all of America and all of the world should be really, really inspired, pleased, and and grateful to witness in real time. So our take it or leave it is really crazy. Congratulations to Hillary Clinton. Congratulations to female forces in the world that um, we are finally making progress slowly but surely, that there may be in office of the United States of America a female president. We certainly have a 50% chance. So It would, um, it would be crazy to, to, to have this decade, you know, have eight years with our first, our first African-American president straight into our first female president. I mean, I think that would just be a, a crazy thing for, for you know, our, this time. Um, yes. It would be great. Uh, it would be unbelievable, really. And, well, I, you know, you, I take it. I'm not leaving it. I take it. Oh. Oh, little Gidget Sorry. had something to say about it. She's, she's yeah. screaming about women's, women's uh, yeah. rights over there, too. She's like, go, she's Hillary. Proud. Yeah, so I just wanted to sort of talk to you. You know, that's, that's our take it, and leave, take it or leave it. That's what we voted. You and I was going to be our take it or leave it. So grateful to have Tony. Love today's cast. Next week, I'm really excited because we are going to have – People on that I adore, um, they actually decided, oh, that's it. They were in L.A. doing big Hollywood stuff, and they decided, nope, we're going to go off the grid. They built their own their own portable dwelling unit. They have this whole name for it, home uh, unit. That I, I'm sure they're going to share all that. Um, and they forage. They put solar panels in it. They roast their own coffee. They... Um, they live off the grid. They do the coolest stuff in the world. Um, Sounds awesome. Yeah, and we're going to learn from them how it all happened, what it takes, and just get some real insight. So I'm super excited because they're really fueling my journey in, in a lot of ways and have been for the last year and a half. So I'm, I'm really honored to officially talk to them. Awesome. Well, I uh, can't wait for that. And I know we forgot to do it last week, so if you don't mind, I'm going to share some of my gigs I have coming up. Please do it. Okay, so uh, the 30th, I have two back-to-back four-hour gigs. Um, If you're in the area, 
Both are going to be in Long Beach. I have the Boathouse from 1.30 to 5.30 and then Tantaloon from 6.30 to 10.30. Um, and then uh, kicking off the uh, month of August, I have a uh, gig on Thursday in Venice and Saturday Saturday um, back in Long Beach. So definitely check out NikkiBovet.com and we'll see you guys next time. we got two seconds. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. All right. I think we just got cut off.